Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Let's Talk About That. And we're going to talk about the subject of sexuality, not sex, but sexuality, uh, which is permeating our culture. And I have parents constantly ask me, would you teach on this subject? And we need to know what the Bible says. And so I finally am doing that. And uh, some folks have said, why don't you just have a class? Because no one will come. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's better on the weekend. But you know what? This is for everybody, because we're going to hit all kind of Bible principles. It doesn't matter uh, where you're at in life. It doesn't matter who you are. And I do want to ask you to give me grace. I'm teaching one of the toughest subjects in all the world. And it's not difficult because of content. Content's really simple. Um, it's difficult because of the culture we live in. So I want to ask you to give me grace. If you like to say amen, I want to ask you not to do it in this series because it can come off a little condescending if someone's sitting out there struggling with one of these things. So we, we just, we want everybody visiting. We want everybody coming. And we know that this is a journey we're all on. And I want to make sure we're 100% aware of that. So just to ask you to give me grace. Um, I'm also an old guy. If I say something that's not politically correct, I probably know what's politically correct, but you forget because you said something for years. Certain way. I was just talking with my kids recently, my wife, some of my kids, and I was telling them how many treaties Americans broke with Native Americans, but I said Indians. And they're like, on my, you can't say Indians. Dad, that's not politically correct. Like, I know, I know, but I've said it for 50 years, all right? It just came out. So give me some grace if I say something that's not correct. Um, and I can guarantee you if I do, if I say something that's not politically correct, my texts are going to light up from my kids. I'll, I'll feel it buzzing in my pocket, like, meow, meow, and I know, uh-oh, I said something I shouldn't have said. And, or you can talk to me in the lobby, let me know, hey, you shouldn't have said that. I'm, I'm going to do my best, all right? And again, it's a difficult subject. And I want you to know this, too. I'm teaching this for Christians. This is not for non-Christians, but we love you to listen but it's not our job to legislate morality. So it's not the church's job. It's not my job to tell non-Christians how to live. There's only one message God wants us to share with non-Christians, and that is Jesus came to, to save you. And that's the message. And we're to be the light of the world. We're to be the salt of the earth. And we just want you to know, man, Jesus came to save everybody. He died for your sins. What's amazing about him is the first 30 years of his life, uh, he didn't do any ministry. Uh, he felt everything we, we feel. He was tempted in every way like we are tempted. And he had family members die. He had a culture that was crazy. The Roman Empire was that culture. It was insane. It was worse than our culture is right now. And he had to navigate all of those things. But you know what, guys? He came to die, and he did. He died for the sins of the whole world. And he's alive, and whoever calls on his name, he'll save them. So this is... The message for non-Christians, all right? But I do need to teach the church. And, on, you know, we're, we're on the NBC affiliate here in the region. Uh, we're live streaming. So the world hears us, and I, that's where I believe we have to be very loving and very careful how we frame things. And even if I do that, 
We could be canceled on Facebook or YouTube, guys. So um, if we are, you just go to believers.cc. They can't cancel our website. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so if you see we're not up one day, just go to believers.cc. I don't know that they'll do that, but you never know, right? So parents, when your kids are younger, uh, our, our job is to be their filter until they're old enough uh, to make their own decisions. So you have to watch what gets into them and you have to make sure you fill them with good things. When I was growing up, my dad and mom, they're from the old country. They didn't give me, my dad didn't give me the, the talk of the birds and bees, you know? So guess who did? My best friend in school. And uh, he, he was a year older than me, went through puberty a little ahead of me. And so he taught me the birds and the bees. I wish my dad would have. And then uh, I found uh, my brother's girly books when I was 10 in the basement. They hid them from mom. And I didn't tell mom, I hit them right back where they were. And that is not the way to learn about those types of things. And so uh, the same thing today, guys, it is a world that's tough to navigate. And so your kids are on YouTube and I think it's a great tool. TikTok, a great tool, all kinds of great tools. But if they're young, they could hear some things that will really mess them up. So uh, you're gonna have to, be the one that protects them. So a lot of you are wondering, well, what's right and what's wrong, right? So that's why I'm doing this series to try to help you understand. I have four lessons. Then we're going to have our student pastor, Ryan, do lesson five because, man, can he relate to young people? And I just want him to do a lesson just all by himself. So that will be the fifth lesson in this series. Again, you might think, we're going to be on this subject. Guys, Every lesson is different. I'm saving lesson three to actually show you what the Bible says about same-sex attraction and, 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 and gender issues. Uh, I wanna just lay some foundation first. I, I really wavered on what do you teach first, you know? And I felt like I better lay a little foundation and then obviously it will come out. We'll talk about it in every service. And I just want you to know here at Believers, we have a lot of people serving here, part of our dream team that came out of same-sex uh, relationships, and we're so, they're, to me, they're my, they're my heroes. They decided to follow God, and they're following Jesus. Some of them still deal with temptation, and I'm so proud of them, because according to the, the, the science, this is science, not the Bible, and not a Christian's point of view, uh, two to three percent of people in the world are born with same-sex attraction. So I want you just to think about that for a moment. When I was in first grade, I started noticing girls. And, uh, you know, so I used, to, I used to buy the Cracker Jacks and pray. Uh, my mom would buy them, but I'd pray for a ring for the gift so I could give it to one of the girls I thought was cute. And then I'd pray for cereal boxes to have the rings in them. And 97% of the boys in my kindergarten, first grade, all we're doing is talk, she's cute and she's cute and she's cute. And we have all these crushes. Two to 3% of the poor kids are freaking out because they're like, I'm not attracted to, to, to the opposite sex. I'm attracted to the same sex. And I just want you to think how horrific and difficult that had to be for them. So I'm glad our country's making a culture where we're not attacking, because in my culture, they attacked. I'm glad for that. I'm glad that we're treating people with dignity because uh, I think that's very important. But the question is, what does God have to say and what does he want us as Christians? How does he want us to live our life? And also, how do we interact with the world that's out there? So I hope to bring that out pretty much in this first lesson. I do want to say this to parents. Uh, if you have children that are living alternative lifestyles, you need to be mom 
and you need to be dad. They know what you believe. You don't, if they want to know more, you can tell them. But you need to love them. You need to love your relatives. You need to love the people you work with that are living alternative lifestyles or changed genders. The Bible says we're to love them and love all those people. Because here's what I know. You ready? I've said this now, I don't know, maybe 30 plus years, 35 years. Um, here's what I know about humanity. Uh, dogs bark, cats meow, birds tweet, and sinners sin, right? It's just what we do. And I did it, and you did it. We all did it before we met Jesus. And even after we meet Jesus, there's a process of change. So let me tell you a story. I, um, this happened a while back. Uh, someone was wanting to go to the next level here of, at the inner core and serving at a higher level. And uh, they were living an alternative lifestyle. So in a very loving way, we, we had to say, well, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think it's wrong? And they didn't want to quit, you know, they didn't think it was wrong. So in a very loving way, we said, we don't mind if you attend church. We don't mind if you come. But when you get into that inner circle, if the Bible says something's wrong, uh, we don't mind if you struggle with it. We don't mind if you're working on it. But you have to acknowledge it's wrong or it's a sin. And they weren't able to do that. And we, we understood. We said, stick with us. Obviously, we offended them, and they didn't stick with us. But they went to someone else in the church uh, who they felt would fight for them. And that person came to see me, and that was the perfect thing to do. They were, that was the most godly thing you could do. They talked to me. I was so proud of them. They didn't talk about me. They came and talked to me. And uh, they let me know they felt I was making a grave mistake, and they felt that it was wrong and it wasn't the grace of God and it wasn't loving. And I tried to talk to them and show them uh, there are standards that the church has to live by. And it doesn't always feel good, but I, as a pastor, I have to keep those standards. And I hope to show you why today. Well, after a couple of sessions, I couldn't get them to see or agree with me. And we parted ways and they left the church. And you know what? I love, I love them they love me. I asked them to pray for me. I'm praying for them. We're not gossiping or murmuring about each other, but we just definitely went to different directions. So I hope today to help all of us understand this. Parents, I hope to help you understand why it's important to be the filter for your kids. Because oftentimes we'll hear celebrities say, I'm going to let my five-year-old decide what gender they are. And I can guarantee you their five-year-old is not going to decide I'll show you next week who's going to decide. So you, you want to come next week. It won't be their five-year-old who makes that decision. So uh, whenever I teach, I like to give a big idea. And this is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And here's my big idea for this lesson. I realize some of you know this, but God's standards keep us standing. So I want to take some of you to the next level. And God's standards are the parts of the Bible where God says, this is how I want you to live. But he doesn't give those to us just to mess our life up. He gives them to us so we don't fall away from Jesus, so our lives are not ruined, and there's reasons for it. And I hope to show you that as we progress in this series. But today, I just want you to walk out understanding God's standards keep us standing. But here's a great scripture. You ready for this? Proverbs 18, 17. Any story sounds true until someone tells the other side and sets the record straight. So here's what I know. You know how I said this is one of the most difficult series subjects to teach? Because I'm, go, I'm, I'm swimming against culture, and I know that. 
And I love people so, I, I love people so much. I want to so help people grow in God. And so uh, I want to ask you, because I know what culture says. I'm being bombarded with culture too. I protected my kids when they were growing up, and I think that's important to protect our kids. And I just want to, I want to help everybody understand what the Bible says, and then you choose. And again, this is just for Christians. I'm not teaching non-Christians. One message for you, right? But I want to help people understand what the Bible says. So you may disagree with me right now. Would you do me a favor? Would you promise to listen to all five lessons and then make a decision? And, and if you decide that you believe differently, I'm okay with that. This is between you and God. You have to make those decisions. I believe what I'm trying to teach you will help you and really protect your life. So I came up with three points about standards. The first two I'll go through kind of quick, and it's the third one I want really, really badly. And here's, here's, the, here's the first one. Uh, God's standards have been given. Real, really simple, right? But they're in the Bible. And listen to 1 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. It goes like this. Although I have hope to come to you soon, I'm writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's house. That's the local church, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. So Paul's Timothy's mentor. Timothy's a pastor just like me. So he's writing these instructions saying, hey, these, these are qualifications and standards. So this is the book where he says, hey, um, if you're going to be in, in, on the dream team, if you're going to be a deacon, that's what they call it in the Bible, here's the standards, okay? If you're going to be in leadership, here's the standards. Whether it's volunteer or paid leadership, here are the standards. And so he wrote it down. God wrote it down for me because here I am a couple thousand years later and, and I need to know the standards for the house of God because culture is going to tell me the complete opposite. I need to know what does God say? And what are God's standards? And that's why it's important for us to understand they've been given to us. This next statement's really powerful, but really simple. And it goes like this. God's standards are found in the Bible. Isn't that simple? And I want to read you a cool scripture in a moment. Talk about our journey with Jesus. But before I met the Lord, I see two categories here because a lot of people don't believe the Bible is the word of God. They believe it's just an old book. And I'll hear that from people all the time. I even hear it from people in the church. And that's okay, I understand. I wanna try to help you understand a couple things. So I met Jesus at 19. Before I met him, uh, I grew up in a traditional church. Then my brother died when I was, I think I was 17 and a half. And he was a couple years older than me. He died and I became very bitter with God. I felt like, God, why did you let this happen? So I was angry with God. And I came to the place where I was an agnostic really quick. Like, I, I don't know if you exist, but I'm not sure, and I don't really like you. And then I became an atheist, and it didn't take long where I just said, I don't believe you exist, God. Now, if someone would have came and told me the Bible says you shouldn't sin this way, you shouldn't do that, if I could take them, I'd slap them. If I thought I couldn't take them, you know how it is sometimes you... Guys, you look at a guy and think, if I punch him, he's not going to fill it. Well, I, I just wouldn't listen to that guy. But if I thought I could take him, I probably would smack him because I don't want anybody telling me how to live because I, don't, I didn't believe at that time the Bible was God's word. And God sent this guy to me that never told me anything about my lifestyle. He never told me how to live, and I was living really bad. 
He just told me about Jesus. It took three months and God opened my heart. And then I accepted Jesus. Here's what's crazy. After I accepted Jesus, I immediately believed. I just don't know how. I just knew the Bible was God speaking to me. It was the craziest thing. I didn't even believe it. Didn't believe it was God. All of a sudden, I just said, oh, this is God speaking to me. And I just began to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I asked myself, what is Jesus saying? That, that happens with a lot of us. There might be some of you, you grew up in church and you haven't even accepted Christ yet. And you need to seriously consider, have I surrendered my life? Have I said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And, and I repent of my sins and I make a decision to follow you and make you Lord. You may not have done that because I know when I did it, boom, just opened up. But then there's some of you, you are Christians and you do love God, but you deal with doubt because you're so darn smart. And uh, I wasn't that smart, so I didn't have that problem. But sometimes you're so intellectual and so smart, you need help. So you need other intellectual Christians to teach you apologetics and to help you, you know, take it through your mental, your mind. And so if that's you, doubting's okay. You just need the right people to help you through. And Ryan, our student pastor, he'll be in the lobbies after church. Just ask him. He can, he can tell you the right people to listen to, the books to buy, or email us if you're online. And we, we, can give, we can send you all that information, okay? And it will really, really help you. So I'm convinced the Bible's God speaking to me. And if you're not, I get it. And I just want you to pray about it. Say, God, am I really saved? Or, man, I need to listen to some of these guys to help my intellect. But listen to this scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. The whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from God. That means all the different authors, God told each of them what to write. So they wrote it, but God told them to write it and, and what to write. It says, and it's useful to teach us what is true. Like, what is the truth? There's so many voices. Culture's telling us so many crazy things. What is the truth? Well, the Bible is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and helps us do what is right. And this is the journey every Christian goes on. The Bible shows you, Joe, this is wrong in this area of your life. You know, Jesus said, listen to this, after you accept him, he wants you to be his disciple, right? He said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Well, you follow Jesus by reading the scriptures. That's how you follow him. It's just like, you know, you're hanging out and having coffee with him, right? And you just see what he says, and you follow him. Well, he's going to say things that you don't want to stop doing. He's going to show you this is not right, and you're going to argue with him, and you're going to fight. Now, let me tell you, young Joe, young Christian, I was reading my Bible, and I noticed a couple scriptures that really bugged me. Here, here, here's one. The Bible says that the person that gossips, that that's an abomination to God. Gossip's an abomination. That means he doesn't like it. And I was a professional gossiper. I was there's no one in this room that was any better than me. I was good at it. And I liked it. I actually enjoyed it. But I grew up with Italian, Italian families. I can pick on my own ethnicity, right? No Italian gets mad when you pick. If I'm Italian, I can say anything I want about Italians, right? But I can't say anything about any other ethnicity. I can say anything I want about Italians because, hey, I'm, I'm one of them, right? They are the best gossipers on planet Earth, especially the grandmas, right? They're just really good at it, right? So I just liked it. There was such, just something in me that enjoyed it. And, and the Bible said I shouldn't do it, and it's, God doesn't like it. And when I first saw it, I, just, I argued with God very sweetly because I'm a Christian now. And I just said, God, it feels so good. I don't want to quit. 
I can't quit it. So then I, I've camouflaged it. Have you ever camouflaged anything? I, I just put prayer before and after. And I say, hey, we need to pray for John. Did you hear what he did? And then the gossip, <laughs> keep him in your prayers. And, and I thought that would work. But then God just kept, guys, it's a journey. And, and the Holy Spirit deals with your heart. And he just kept dealing with me, Joe. You need to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and die to that. And I remember when I did, it set me free. And I had a love for people flow out of me like I never, it was one of the most amazing things, the love of God. Just, I began to see people in a totally different light. But it wasn't until I nailed that to the cross, right? And God does that to us in every area. So we're all on a journey, right? That's, we read what Jesus says. Sometimes he asks us to do things we don't want to do. Lesson four, I'm going to talk about the why behind what I just said. Now, here's number three. You ready? God's standards protect and bless us. Remember, God's standards keep us standing. And I want to just talk to you about this. This is a really interesting text we're going to look, look at. This is dealing with heterosexual sin. So it's heterosexual sin. And listen very closely. We're going to read about a guy that didn't sin and make a mistake. That's, that's different. And repent. It's a guy that sinned and said, I'm going to keep doing it. He wouldn't repent. And so Paul's telling the church, you have to set a standard up for this. There, you can't just allow that in the church. It's going to hurt your church, right? You set a standard up. So there are folks here right now, and I can tell you, let me just tell you it this way. Over the years, uh, in the early days, I did all the counseling. I'd have young men come to me, and they were, they were serving here. And sometimes they were in tears. I just fell into pornography again, and I did it last week, and I keep falling into pornography and I go, okay, calm down, calm down, right? Uh, do you realize it's a sin? I do, I don't want to do it. Okay, well, we're right where we need to be. You need help. We need to get a mentor. We need someone to build, help you build your muscles. And we can help you get out of this. Well, do, you, do you want me to stop serving? No, as long as you make yourself accountable, which you've done, we'll walk you through this. We'll grow you. Now, it, now if you just go crazy with it and you, you say, I'm going to do it anyway, then, then we have to have another talk. Guys, that's the grace of God. We're all growing. And as long as people are repenting, we'll keep working with them. Uh, you know, obviously a big, big, terrible sin. I robbed a bank, you know, something like that. I, I would deal with differently, right? So I'm just trying to help us see the love of God, right? But what if someone says, I don't care what the Bible says. I don't believe it's a sin. And I'm involved here and I'm involved deep and I'm in the inner core and I'm gonna keep doing it. Well, that's what Paul had to deal with. So listen to this, 1 Corinthians 5.1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. A man is sleeping with his father's wife or his stepmom. I think it's so fast. He says, the non-Christians don't even let this happen. And so this is a guy that didn't fall and make a mistake and repent. He literally was still doing it and he was coming to church, and he was still involved. And everybody knew it. Everybody knew what was going on. Again, I don't care who sits out here. Man, I want everybody to sit out here. This, and I want everybody to listen to us. But when you get into that inner core and you refuse to repent, that's what Paul's upset about here, and he's shown us about God's standards. So it goes on to say in verse 2, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have come, uh, gone into mourning and have put out out of fellow, your fellowship, the man who was doing this. So he's saying you're acting like it's nothing wrong with it. You know what the Bible teaches, guys. 
And he's saying, you need to deal with this. And we'll talk about putting them out of the fellowship and what that means and why we do it as we read the next verses. So he's telling me you need to set up a standard. God's standards keep us standing. So he says this in verse five. And cast out this man from the fellowship of the church and into Satan's hands to punish him in the hope that his soul will be saved when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Isn't that a heavy verse? What does it mean to throw someone in, into the hands of Satan? When I was a young pastor, I, I had no idea what it meant. And that's why I read the Living Bible. I thought they did an incredible job. But in Bible days, there was one church per region when this was written. So, you know, there was only one church. There would be one church in this valley, and that was it. And so if you told someone you can't come to church anymore, they're no longer under that covering of protection, and there's no other church for them to go to. And so that's what it means. Now they're on their own. They don't have any protection. The idea, though, is to get them to repent because if someone keeps practicing sin when they know it's sin, they'll eventually have their heart hardened and they'll deny the Lord that bought them. And that's what he's talking about, making, getting them to a place of repentance. So today, and I've done this over the years, where I've had to sit someone down there in the inner core. I go, man, you, you can't live this lifestyle and stay in the inner core, right? And, and they just look at me and say, I don't believe it's wrong. I'm gonna keep doing it. So then I have to say, you can't come to church here anymore or have one of our pastors do it. So all they do is go to another church. And it, it just doesn't carry the impact that it did in Bible days, but we still have to protect believers. I have to protect you uh, in that particular situation. So I'm not telling the world how to live, but if someone's connected and they're in the core, I have to help them see what needs, you know, I have to help protect them and, and not allow that person in. So, so listen as we read on. Verse six, it says, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? And this is just the same yeast we use to make bread, right? You know how the bread rises. So in the New Testament, whether it's Jesus telling parables or stories, or it's parts like this, yeast is always bad. It always means sin. So it's all, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. That was their false teaching. It's always something sinful. And here's what he's trying to say. If you let that in your church, obviously it doesn't matter who's out here. That doesn't matter. But if we've got someone serving and they're in the inner core and we don't deal with it, if they're practicing sin, not if they stumble, but they're practicing it. And they're saying, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm going to do what I want. It's an old book. How do you know it's true? So on and so forth, right? So I'd have to say to leave, but why would we do it? Because if you let that stay in there and here, it will spread like wildfire. And it's gonna spread and people are gonna think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And it's just gonna spread. So that's why we set standards up. And sometimes it doesn't seem loving, but it's the most loving thing we can do. But remember, this isn't how you interact with your children or maybe living a sinful life, heterosexual, uh, you know, gender, same-sex attraction. No, you be a mom, you can be a dad, you love them, right? This isn't how you deal with your coworkers and say, I can't be near them. Guys, listen to what the Bible says. Verse nine, same, same text. I'm skipping around, read it all this week, it's great, just for time's sake. Uh, verse nine, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. But they took it the wrong way. 
So they, they, they thought they couldn't interact with anyone in the world. And he says, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and the swindlers or the adulterers. In that case, you would have to leave this world. So, you know, guys, we're out there rubbing shoulders. And when I rub shoulders with someone that I know is practicing sin, I treat them like gold. I let them see Jesus. I love them. I, I do everything I can to be kind. That's how Jesus wants us to be. And I think you can hear kindness coming out of me now, right? But, you know, sometimes in the church, if someone's involved, I have to say, we, gotta, we have to set a standards. God's standards keep us standing. And so it's a level of purity within the church or it's gonna spread like wildfire. But what he's saying here is, guys, it's not our job to judge the world. And if you read on, he says, God will judge the world. He's gonna judge everybody out in the world, but our job is in the church to make sure those that are saying, hey, I'm part of this church, we set a standard up for them. So great text, encourage you to read it this week. And I trust I'm making some sense, but I wanna close with some really cool scriptures. So are you ready for some really cool scriptures? Because all of us are on a journey all of us have certain areas we struggle in, right? We all, I call them flesh specialties. We all have some. Where one thing doesn't tempt us and another thing tempts us like crazy, right? And we all have to walk through life and learn how to deal with those, learn how to overcome them. That's why I'm so proud. of. We have so many people uh, in this church that are involved that, that have overcome incredible sins. And some of them are still being tempted, but they made a decision, I'm gonna follow what Jesus says. But for all of us, guys, because there's areas of our life we all need to grow, we all can improve. So I wanna, I wanna share a scripture with you, Philippians 2.13. For God is at work within you, helping you want to obey him, and then helping you do what he wants. Isn't that encouraging? So if you're a Christian, the Bible says God literally will put desires in you to live the right way. And then when you say, I'll live the right way, I'll pick up my cross then he gave me the ability not to gossip. I am not a gossip. You can ask anybody, I do not gossip. Uh, a couple times I've been tempted, but I just say, no, I'm not gonna. I, no, that's evil. That's an abomination to God. I will not do it. But guys, God puts desires in us. So here's what I want you to know. I pray every weekend, a couple things. And, and if you've been coming here and you say, I'm growing like crazy spiritually, here's why, okay? I pray that as soon as someone steps on our grounds and walks in this building, the Holy Spirit will open their eyes up to Jesus and he will open their eyes up to God and their place in God. And then I pray like crazy during the week, Lord, put your desires in each and every one of us to live for you. I can't do any more than that except I have the privilege of standing up here and teaching the Bible. But outside of that, I can't force anybody. But isn't it exciting to know God's doing that inside of us and the work that he started in us, he's going to finish. I don't know about you, but I get excited. One more verse, you guys ready? And we'll probably celebrate after this one, just getting you ready. Jude one twenty four. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away from him and to bring you with great joy into his glorious presence without a single fault. Just think about that. The blood of Jesus washes you clean, so you're gonna go into his presence without a single fault. You say, but I fell and I, the blood of Jesus cleanses you. The idea is you're trying and you're striving to be what God wants you to be, right? But here's what I love. 
God is able to keep you from falling away. And that is a promise from heaven. God's gonna grow us. God's gonna take us to the next level. So in Borman, online, you can chat it up in there. You know, say some, that was cool, Pastor Joe's. And TCI and here in Warren, can we give it up and just say thank you, Jesus, for your grace that's helping us grow? Thank you. I need to pray. Can we bow our heads everywhere? Just pray. Father, my first prayer is this. Help us love the world at a higher level. Help us love them. Help us care about them, their eternity. And Lord, help us understand it's not our job to beat them up with the Bible. It's our job to share Jesus and his love so they can accept him. Lord, make that more real than ever to us. And Lord, any area in our life where we're struggling, we ask you to give us grace. Give us grace in our struggles. And guys, if you pray this prayer, if you whisper this prayer, your life will turn around so fast in every area. Just whisper and just say, God, whatever I don't understand, open my eyes up. Help me see what I don't understand. Pray this too. God, if there's anything I believe that's not biblical, open my eyes so I can make a shift. Just pray some, anything like that. It's gonna work. Lord, we pray for the LBGT community and we just ask you to help us love them. And we ask, Father, that to be a revival in that community. We thank you for those here at Believers that have accepted Christ or walking with you. And we just pray for a revival in that community, Lord God. And we thank you for a revival in our nation where people just say Jesus is the only way, man. Thank you for opening up our eyes. Hey, can we keep our heads bowed, eyes closed? I believe God's still speaking to hearts. If you prayed that, or if, if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm not sure of my forever. I'm not sure if I would to die, if I'd go to heaven or to hell. I just wanna speak to you for a moment. Maybe you walked in agnostic and atheist. Maybe you walked in saying, I've gone to church my whole life. I know who Jesus is, but I don't really feel I have a real relationship with him. Any area. Only he can open your eyes up to the truth. And I've talked a lot about it in this lesson, so I don't have to take a lot of time here. He died so you can live. He's alive. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. And if you're listening, you say, I'm ready to do that. Would you pray with me right now? I'm Boardman, TCI, Warren, online. Just, and can we help them pray? Guys, help those pray that are praying for the first time. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. And this week, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my savior and I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. You may not have felt it, but if you meant it, all your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. He's now your father. Now you can begin your journey. It's really exciting. You can take up your cross and say, all right, Jesus, I'll follow you. Let me see what the Bible says. It's, it's amazing. You know what else is happening that you, you and I can't hear, we can't see? The Bible teaches us that all of heaven rejoices, God himself and all of heaven, if one person accepts Christ. 
Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.